Good morning, you're listening to The Vulture's Nest on 2SER, your weekly cultural criticism show. My name is Fiona Pepper and joining me in the nest this morning are fellow vultures Nick Healy. Good morning. Jen Carnavale. Morning. And our guest Andrew Popel. Hello. <laughs> so it's Valentine's Day and to celebrate we are talking about self-marriage. It is becoming a thing. People are getting married to themselves. Has the world gone mad or should we all kiss a mirror and say I do? That's up next. But first, Samsung has released a new television. It's got voice recognition capabilities. So hooray, we don't have to spend hours searching for the remote just to change the channel. We do, however, have to take our private conversations far enough from the lounge room that the television won't eavesdrop. Nick Healy, what the hell is going on and how come our TV is spying on us? Oh, yes. Look, this week people were indeed up in arms for a good solid five minutes when news broke that your Samsung TV was constantly spying on you. Hands were wrung, people cried foul, and Koshi took to the screens to offer some fairly racist and inaccurate observations suggesting he's completely unaware of any political tensions between South and North Korea. But what was the real story? Look, apparently someone bothered to actually go and read the small print on the Samsung EULA, that's an end-user license agreement, and found the following passage. I'll quote it. Please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party through your vo use of voice recognition. And thus the frenzy began. Of course, reality was far more prosaic than any of the conspiracy theories doing the rounds. Uh, essentially, Samsung used a service called Nuance that converts spoken commands to text so that the voice recognition service can analyse it and see if they're actual commands or just chatter. That's all it is, and they've actually updated their EULA to expand on that passage so it's a little less alarmist in its phrasing. But what's hilarious to me is why Samsung got singled out when there is a huge amount of tech that constantly listens to us. Siri, if you're using the Hey Siri feature, OK Google on any of your Android phones, uh, the Xbox Connect, and even Microsoft's vision for its Cortana will be that it's constantly listening on your laptop, your tablet, your Xbox, and your phone. Privacy is what people usually start bleating about like it's a magic word they've just discovered, meanwhile paying no attention whatsoever to the metadata gathering and data retention laws that the government is barreling through at the moment. But privacy to me is the currency we spend for convenience. I like my tech knowing about me. I love that I get a flight confirmation to my Gmail account and then Google now starts displaying alerts about my flight even when I haven't opened that email. I like that I can say Xbox on and my Xbox turns on. Hell, I even like that I get targeted Facebook ads based on things I've been Google searching because I'm quite comfortable with advertising if it's something I'm interested in. Personally, I'd tolerate a hell of a lot more and more of this, but the thing people seem to forget is that if you don't like it, don't use it. All of these so-called spying features can be absolutely easily turned off and no one is making you use them. I think privacy is ridiculously important, but people misuse the term in the digital age. I think people should be a lot less scared about what their TV might be listening to and a lot more terrified of the data their government wants to collect without ever requiring a warrant. But then again, I wear a watch that I can speak to, so perhaps I'm a little bit of a fringe dweller when it comes to this. Jen, how comfortable do you feel about tech knowing about you? I have to say, I'm not to the same extent as you. I don't like, I wouldn't like my to book a flight and then have my computer just all of a sudden go, hey, check this out. Like I sort of, I mean, I know you can't be completely in control and I don't know enough, but I, I like to feel like I'm in somewhat in control of what I'm looking at and what, <laughs> what I'm available to. And I think the Samsung issue is that for a lot of people, 
with your phone, when it's marketed and you see your phone and, and phones are new and you associate it with new technology and new possibilities and when people think of their TV, they don't think of the same thing, especially older generations who may not have a smartphone but they've bought a new television. And so for them, they're like, hang on, I don't have a smartphone, I don't have all that app rubbish but I've got this brand new shiny TV and why can it hear what I'm saying? You know, I think it freaks out perhaps older generations or people who aren't as tech savvy or interested in in newer technology what about you andrew would you uh buy the samsung television that hears you speak i i would i don't see why i would need it uh i don't know who out there is getting particularly large amounts of rsi in their thumbs that their remote <laughs> well i mean i guess it circumvents that you've lost the remote but whatever generation is buying it someone's setting this up right this this can't get out into the world unless it's connected to a network. So either these people are connecting their TV or they're getting someone else to connect their TV. At some point, someone needs to be asking questions. There's no secret anymore that tech can do these things. So at what point are we just being naive or are we keeping our head in the sand about these things? And at what point do we have to take a bit of responsibility on ourselves for finding out, well, if I don't like this, how do I turn it off? That's I can't say I've I've gone completely off off the grid as we mm. we talked about before the show, but I I definitely am active in finding out. Well, I'm not comfortable with this, or do I need a, a VPN, a virtual private network, if I wanted to engage in some uh, less than legal uh, movie and TV watching? <laughs> but I think what you're saying is is part of the issue when you said people have to be aware enough to turn it off. I think a lot of people have the opinion where they're like, no, no, I want to be able to turn it on rather than mm. have it automatically be there and have to disconnect it. Uh, Nick, I'm curious as to why Samsung has had to be so transparent about these privacy issues when, you, you know, you did suggest Siri and all these other voice recognition. I think it's just wrong place, wrong time for mm. them. I think if you'd read any other EULA or license agreement, you'd have found a very, very similar wording. Uh, it's probably a got to admit, the original passage was pretty poorly worded, and it's now an entire paragraph explaining in loving detail exactly what they mean, uh, which was released under a blog post from Samsung entitled, Your TV is not listening to your conversations. And do you think it will affect the television sales? No. No, I think people have already forgotten about it. Right. I, I think it's all over. Hilariously. I think people are more worried now about the fact that, say, Samsung TVs have been caught inserting ads into movies that ads don't exist in. Mm. I also think if you're desperate, no, no, I shouldn't say desperate, but you are keen enough to want a television with voice recognition, then you're kind of less likely to be freaked out by them. I think you are as well. Look, their voice recognition stuff is absolutely great. Mm. And we were talking about off the grid before. I'm so far into the grid, I may as well have taken a blue <laughs> pill to get here. It's absolutely insane. And I love it. Like, I want so much more of this. I want smart shopping trolleys that know what recipe I've Googled and will direct me around the supermarket. And then I can just walk out of the supermarket because it's already been tagged and already been paid just for me walking past scanners. But then everything that you purchase is controlled. Then you don't have the option controlled to see by me. what else is out there. But by your previous choices. So, so comfortable you know, with that. Oh, that oh, freaks me on, out like, so much. You walk around a supermarket, you just end up with a whole bunch of stuff you didn't want to begin with. This oh, would be better. But doesn't it frustrate you that advertisers have free access to all this personal information? Nick likes to buy this brand of soap and this brand of... The only whatever. time I've ever been frustrated by Facebook advertising is when someone stole my photo and used it in Facebook advertising where I was Stephen44 from Melbourne, apparently earning a <laughs> fortune each week. That's the only time it bothers me. I 
like I said, I, I would prefer a targeted ad that's something I'm interested in than just a magazine ad where it's got no idea who I am. I think getting annoyed at targeted advertising, <clears throat> it, it ignores or is naive to the idea that we're getting advertised to all the time. And Nick made the point before that it is quite nice to have it be something that you're interested in. Um, every day we walk around, we are advertised at any time our eyes are open, any time our ears are open. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But I think it's less that, you know, it's not naive to the fact that there is advertising everywhere. It's more that, you know, advertising agencies are tapping into that information of ours that we, I mean, again, tap out and don't um, don't engage with social media, blah, blah, blah. And then they don't know what brand of soap that you're buying. But the fact that they just ha- have such detailed information of the area you th- that you live in, the places that you go to eat, like it is, a, it is big brother. Well, it's Orwellian on some aspect, I suppose, but far less sinister, I think. My take on Big Brother as well was I didn't ever believe reading that book that there was a microphone behind Winston's TV, that there was a video. The success that the government had in the success of Big Brother and the the success in 1984 was that they had convinced people. Just the fact that we're having this conversation is a step towards Big Brother tech tech be gone if we believe that we're being watched we adjust our behavior if we believe we're being listened to we change our language that process is big brother not the tech Mm. that change in our that Mm -hmm. change in our attitude that change in our behavior and one thing that i thought could be really interesting in terms of if we are being listened to uh if we are being observed throughout history uh criminals and i hate to compare everyone with the samsung tv uh, as being a criminal (laughs) but criminals have uh, used code to avoid being detected uh, and we we talk about uh, monitoring of traffic for you know international crime and people will adjust they'll use code they'll speak in ways that they can't be that won't, won't be mutually understood by the listening authority could this be uh, a catalyst for a linguistic blossoming will we if we go oh our tv's listening to us so we're going to use our own personal uh. way of discussing things that that's my that's my personal curiosity. But then I think we all have such a level of complacency and and we're probably not all drug runners that we need to develop <laughs> this really like elaborate and new language mm. so that television doesn't hear us, that we'll read the article about Samsung listening to us and go, holy crap, that is scary. And then forget about it, jump on Facebook mm. and like all these pages and go on Google Maps and, G- and you know, like mm. we are so complacent that we go, that, that we'll then post in our... Facebook status. I do not give Facebook permission uh, to, yeah. you know, use my photographs and it's totally mm. real. And then share it and send it to some friends, and they have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of individual Creole for each family, though, like your own family language that you use. Mm. Well, I don't know where nuances is based, but I'm suggesting that it's probably not anywhere in the Sydney CBD. It is not. It's not. Is it? But probably not even in mainland Australia. It is not. So there, there would be. A, they'd need to have a, a colloquial slang dictionary open to actually translate <laughs> when guy watching football mm. yells out, "Can love gets a tinny." <laughs> what is the Samsung TV? What is the Samsung TV making of that? A very, very good question. It is. <laughs> Was there a command in that? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Vulture's Nest on 2SER. Up next, we're talking about self-marriage. Would you marry yourself? Uh, it has become a thing. <laughs> but first, Sweet Jean, Icy Stars. I brought my feet on the road Before the rain We turned into a 
listening to The Vulture's Nest on 2SER. I'm Fiona Pepper. I'm joined by Nick Healy, Jen Carnavale and Andrew Popel. It is Valentine's Day, so let's celebrate love, love of oneself. Because we can get married to another person or we could just get married to ourselves. It's called self-marriage and when I Googled it, this is what it said. (laughs) Self-marriage is a profound rite of passage into wholeness, trust, self-responsibility, self-liberation and love source from within. It's a ritual of transformation, of proclaiming what is true in your heart and being self Celebrated as you make it known that you are ready to live your full potential. It is the commitment to radically honour and express your gifts and the precious gift of your life. It is the freedom to live authentically in alignment with your deepest values. It is the dedication to love no matter what. So, recently a woman in America who had promised herself if she hadn't found love by 40, then she would just marry herself, has done exactly that, with nothing short of 10 bridesmaids. In 2003, a 30-year-old woman in the Netherlands, Jennifer Hose, was the first bride to get widespread media attention for her self-marriage. Now, plenty of other women have self-married. Unfortunately, I found no evidence of men marrying themselves. We've got a fellow Australian, Sammy Powell and ex-radio presenter. She married herself a few years back. All in the name of self-love, apparently. So what do we think? Nick, would you marry yourself? No. But, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I couldn't tolerate myself for that long, I don't think. This, this is amazing to me. Like, that sort of, like, what you're reading out before about it's an affirmation of commitment. Uh, surely a Bikram yoga, like, you know, membership and a whole bunch of cats is going to do the same thing for you. Apparently not. Apparently you need to spend a lot of money on a ceremony to fully commit to yourself. Is this in any way legal? I don't think I don't think it's recognised legally and I think a lot of people that have married themselves realise that. And uh, uh, there's so many contradictions. Um, a lot of these women say, but if they found the right person, then they would marry that person. So but they divorced themselves first. Well, for example, this woman, Sammy Power, the Australian who married herself, she got she had a wedding ceremony uh, and then she divorced herself the next day because she said she could only possibly spend one night with herself. Uh, was this an advertising thing? Yeah. Um, well, she is an ex-radio presenter, so I think we can safely assume that. But, I mean, you do look pretty cray cray if I might say like, <laughs> to get married one day and divorce the next I mean if you were if you were two people doing that then that would well be very um, Hollywood but it know. would be but what about you Jen would you no I Ooh. think it's completely insane I think it's um it's possibly just like an excuse for attention and maybe some presents and maybe you have too much money and... wait wait people give gifts at these things I would oh, assume so I think it's absurd I think it's like uh, I don't know. I mean, marriage is a tricky topic for most people anyway about how relevant it is in today's society. But the whole thing of like marrying yourself because it's going to somehow change something is just such a stupid <laughs> Well, people opinion. thought that they had a, a, a closer connection to themselves once they had gone through the ceremony. But that's like saying that you're going, your relationship with your partner will somehow change if you get married. You're still exactly the same. That's why so many people get divorced because they think it's a solution. Um 
I think just take a self-esteem class, you know, all the things you listed they're supposed to have. Shouldn't you just have them in life anyway? Like self-worth. It's going to be cheaper than a wedding. See a therapist for the rest of your life instead of paying for 10 bridesmaids or something. It feels a little bit like that great idea that you thought was a great idea until you did it. (laughs) And and unfortunately for these people, it was novel enough that it blew up worldwide. And now Mm. the whole world is letting them know that it, it is a bit cray cray. It's yeah. there's a whole industry based around it. I was doing some uh, research before. There's a woman who's got like this lovely website about marrying yourself and committing to yourself and going on dates each week, and you're not allowed to bail on the date with yourself. How do you have a date with yourself? Yeah, you just essentially don't call someone else. Like it's just like, do they, these people must just hate themselves so much that spending the afternoon alone is an achievement? It's really strange to me. Mm, it is incredibly self indulgent. A huge, mm, I'm going to say, waste of money. I'm not going to call it a valid lifestyle choice. (laughs) I'm going to say that it's actually destroying marriage for regular people. But also, it's also going, you know, what's wrong with being single? You know, like, why do we, why do you have to conform? You haven't met the man of your dreams. That's what they should be doing, a single commitment ceremony, saying, I feel pretty good about myself and I'm okay. But we've been sucked into this, though. We just talked about what's wrong with being single, like somehow these people that have married themselves aren't single anymore. Exactly. Oh. Mm, they're still <laughs> okay. single. We're, we're they com- just now have more stuff. Is this is this just another transition point in life? You know, you have your twenty first, and everyone talks about how you know adolescence is just extending ad infinitum mm. for people who just I've been an adolescent too long. Now I'm going to have this marriage ceremony with myself to enter adulthood. Rest of the world who don't want to marry me, you know, be damned. That's it. I'm I'm now I'm now an adult. And I think oh. you're onto something, Andrew. Uh you know, for a lot of women, and you know, it is all women that have self-married. the The wedding day is the day where they get to be beautiful and put the beautiful dress on, and they are the star of the show. And uh, and if you don't have a partner, then you're being essentially denied of that that very that pinnacle event. You know, and why should you? not be allowed to go through with that but, ceremony. But you could achieve the same feeling by having a huge party and being like, I'm 40 or 30 or however old these women are and I'm the star because it's my birthday. But, like, having, what's... A, but having a birthday isn't the same as getting married. It, yeah, you go from the 18th oh. to 21st uh, to getting married. Mm, maybe I, I'm not sure this is the same as getting married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Just, uh, <laughs> I think it's criminal that people expect us to take this seriously uh, but still it's extremely difficult for gay people to get married yeah. i think that is actually offensive mm. i think it will grow because there's money in it and it's you know anything that there's a, the bridal industry's huge and now you don't even need the groom to argue with the partner over every decision so it's just going to explode there'll be more and more of these rubbish websites i, w- I wonder whether like you said the the uh, wedding industry is massive are are we going to see kind of self-marriage celebrants preying on vulnerable oh, yeah. women Definitely. being like, you would feel so much better if you put 50K down on a marriage yeah. and, you know, and you committed to yourself. Everyone's oh. in the pocket of big matrimony. <laughs> exactly. But like, does your father give you away to yourself at one of these? <laughs> like, is, I mean, is he going to feel okay about himself? <laughs> looking at photos of some of these ceremonies, it it runs exactly the same as a normal marriage, but there's just one person up the front. You know, there's people who've married um, 
objects. There's a woman who's married the Eiffel Tower. Again, it's mainly women who've married these objects around the world. So I suppose it's not that much of a leap to marry yourself, but it is like a slap in the face to anyone who is this a functioning is enti- adult. This is entirely based on my... my um encyclopedic knowledge of Boston legal, but isn't that known as objectophilia and it's actually it's actually a recognised psychological condition? I, yeah, I, but yeah. they've still done it and there's still an industry around it and they still have their little thing. So I don't, I don't know how healthy it is to say, I'm going to marry myself, so everyone come along. I'm pretty sure there's some issues going on in that head. Well, surely it's healthier to marry yourself than to marry an animal or... Uh, well, an animal would be I don't see it's like, you know, sure... I think it's as valid as the next thing. I I come back to my good idea gone wrong. I mean, it sounds like it's a really beautiful philosophy about finding yourself and and being... A, a whole person, and so, and I want to compare this to to that great Australian philosopher Tony Abbott when he when he said good government begins today, and I, I think we all knew that that was just a soft beat up on him. Um, he he kind of gave that away as a freebie, and these these people are doing the same thing. They're sort of saying good living begins today. Mm. Why why aren't people approaching this philosophy without the mm. slightly farcical, wholly expensive? ceremony. And Andrew, you used a good example before when we were speaking about it, uh, saying it's a it's like the security blanket where you go, if if we turn thirty and we're both single then let's get married. It it you know, like this woman saying, I'm forty and I'm haven't met that guy and maybe I won't meet that guy. So I'm gonna marry myself so I won't Die so, but so I, but you are. The, I, I just know. think it's so strange. It just seems like so much effort to just say that they're okay with themselves. It I, feels really sad. I love Andrew's description of it as the uh, good idea gone bad, which makes it like <laughs> the drunken shopping trolley ride of self commitment. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it takes a long time to organise these things. It's not mucking around. Can we at least agree that it is far less creepier than father daughter promise ceremonies? Uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. Good. Good. Yeah, that's another episode. Of <laughs> the please no, please no. <laughs> You've been listening to the Vultures Nest on 2SER. Stay tuned because uh, up next is so hot right now.